Hello and welcome to Wise Women Wednesdays. I'm Jennifer Regular from Lighting the Path. And every week here we interview and have a conversation with a wise woman. It might be a sage, a medicine woman, oh, wow. a mother, maiden, crone, or just a really savvy businesswoman, or anyone who identifies as a woman who has a message to share and a passion that they want to spread around the world. And today I am so blessed that Dr. Beverly has crossed paths with me. She is a licensed acupuncturist, holistic healer, a wisdom teacher, a metaphysician, a shamanic practitioner, a medical hypnotherapist, author, spiritual counselor, and solopreneur. She is joining us from Arizona today and is the founder of Dancing Bear Enlightenment Academy, Dancing Bear Healing Center, and the ADBO Consulting. Thank you so much, Beverly, for showing up after all that busy, busy life that you seem to have. She even has a YouTube channel herself on holistic spiritual healing, a book on meditation, as well as a new app, Dancing Bear Enlightenment Academy. And we'll share a link at the bottom of this video so that you can download that for free. Her passion is to help people live their sole purpose. And today, she's going to be sharing with us the importance of managing emotions and manifestation and teach us how to overcome barriers to success. So welcome, Dr. Beverly Lawrence. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here, Jennifer. Oh, Thank you. Yes, sorry. I thought it wasn't recording, but I am. Oh. <laughs> well, that would be bad news. <laughs> we are good to continue. Okay. Yeah, so how to overcome the barriers to success? Well, where did all that start for you? Obviously, you've been very successful. You have a lot of different roles and businesses. And how did you get there? Well, I, uh, I was an entrepreneur in California. I spent about 30 years in... Um, Silicon Valley uh, in high tech and um, got sick. I got really sick. Oh. And uh, at the time I was an atheist because that's a whole long story. We, we won't, we'll skip that part. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was doing my thing and going into anaphylactic shock and getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And, you know, I had to have a eight by eight and a half by 11 piece of paper with me, with all the things wrong with me every time I went to the doctor. And, um, uh, you know, I developed cancer, fibromyalgia, leaky gut. I mean, the list just went on and on and on. And I was on all these meds. Um, I got re rescued by a ranger boat off Angel Island. I got rescued by a helicopter off Mission Peak. I used to go hiking every Saturday morning. And one day I'm in the emergency room. And in the meantime, you know, I've, I've already had four near-death experiences by then. I have had a fifth one later that was shamanically induced. Oh, wow. I, I, was, I was dying, and I knew it. And the emergency room doctor said, you cannot go hiking anymore you can never be more than five minutes from a hospital and I said well I don't know what to do I've been to so many doctors he said you need an allergist I said, okay so I find out who's the best because I had money I didn't care who's the best allergist in the Bay Area you know and I got her name went to see her she spent an hour with me and at the end of the hour she looks me in the face and says I can't help you it's like, what? <laughs> so I went to see um, a gynecologist that I, I'd had a hysterectomy years earlier. And I thought, well, I trusted him. He was a good guy. What does he have to say? 
So I went to see him and he said, you need to meditate. <laughs> you say meditate to an atheist? It's like, this, boo, what kind of idiot are you? But I trusted the guy, you know, and I thought, coming from an MD telling you to go meditate? You know, whoever heard of that? <laughs> so I thought, well, what have I got to lose? So, you know, I, I talked to friends and people I knew at work and who knows anything about meditation? And I found a guy, a friend that meditates and he had a book. So back then we didn't have internet, wild word, wide world web, www, can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we, we actually used books back then. Yes. <laughs> Read books, you know. So I read this book, and it seemed harmless. And he told me about a center I could go to to learn to meditate. And I said, "Well, after two weeks, this will happen. After two months, this will happen. After two years, this will happen. And if you keep at it, after ten years, this will happen." I said, "Okay." Well, after two weeks, I'm at two months. At two years, I'm I'm at at two months. Okay, I'll start over. At two weeks, I was at two months. At two months, I was at two years. And I had a profound experience, and I went, holy cow, there is a divine. It's not this bearded guy on a throne that I was taught as a kid. And um, totally changed my entire life. Some things just suddenly spontaneously healed. Uh, I started... Uh, turning towards metaphysical and artificial art alternative healing yes. <laughs> I can talk. really i can <laughs> and um i was drawn to shamanism i was drawn to reiki and uh, i started going to mystery schools and wow. a um, whole new world just opened up oh it opened up i um my cancer just spontaneously just healed and the doctor goes, I don't understand this, but cancer's gone. I, I don't understand. <laughs> you know? So that's a whole nother story we won't go into. But um, yeah, it totally changed my life. Well, people who knew me said, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, they saw me changing radically, my health improving. And, they, and I told them, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And they go, well, will you help me? I thought, well, sure, you know, might as well practice what I learned. I'm using it on me. I can use it on them. Mm -hmm. And then friends of friends. And then friends of friends of friends. Then one day, and, you know, I had, I had, I was well off. You know, I had a very um, profitable business. Uh, that's the AWO Consulting. And, um, you know, I was in computers and I did all kinds of cool stuff. And um, uh, this, I didn't charge. And I was just working out of my house. Huh. And this woman shows up and um, I said, well, who referred you? And we went back six people and I didn't know any of them. <laughs> I thought, holy cow, I've got a reputation that didn't do anything. <laughs> I'm just helping out friends. <laughs> and she says, well, at the end of our session, she goes, what do you charge? I'm like, I don't charge. She handed me money, and she said, well, you should. Wow. <laughs> well, if people are going to show up and pay me money, I should open an office. So I did. 
and I had an office for several years. Uh, it was pretty well known. People, people I'd never heard of would call and make appointments. You know, I was doing great, and I was doing all kinds of different stuff. Uh, I had some homes that a woman uh, managed where people that couldn't live on their own were. So, one home was for people under 16, another was for people over 16. I did a lot of shamanic work with them because Western medicine didn't help them. So one guy was schizophrenic. We got rid of, it was an attached entity, which is what most schizophrenia is. So I got rid of the entity. So I just did all kinds of really cool stuff. And I'm renting a room from a chiropractor. And she does homeopathy and she, she was an MD from Russia. And she's, she's telling me, you know, you should be a great acupuncturist. Well, I like the idea of homeopathy. So I looked into homeopathic schools and registered for some of these online schools. They were terrible. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, I'm not doing that. Then I found out about naturopathic medicine. And I thought, I'm going to go to naturopathic medical school. So I quit everything, shut it all down, moved to Arizona and uh, did two years of pre-med because my background wasn't in medicine and um, went to naturopathic medical school. Fell in love with acupuncture of all things. <laughs> <laughs> but their program is only is awesome. a few hundred hours of acupuncture. I mean, this <laughs> chiropractor, Julia, was correct. <laughs> I would make a great acupuncturist. Yes. And uh, so I, I enrolled in the acupuncture school. So I'm going to two medical schools at the same time. So I dropped the medical program at the naturopathic school. And I'm doing everything else. But their acupuncture and I'm doing acupuncture at the acupuncture school. Then the naturopathic school gets accredited as a medical school, not just a naturopathic, but a federally approved accredited medical school. Oh, wow. Well, now they can deal with medicine and medications. And I'm going, no, that's too close to being a physician. I didn't want to be a physician. I wanted to be a homeopath. And um, I thought, well, if I continue going to both schools, I'm going to be $350,000 in debt. <laughs> Sorry about my dog. And um, <clears throat> Chandler, no. So I quit the naturopathic school after three years. <laughs> I was about to go into clinic. Hold on. Chandler, no. Come here. He wants to be on the show too. <laughs> Best way to shut him up is to hold him. <laughs> and who is this hey, one? Yeah, this is Chandler. Chandler, hello. <laughs> so anyway, I um, I quit naturopathic school. I did go back later. I taught there for five years, uh, acupuncture, because I wanted to improve their program. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I, I did finish acupuncture school, became an acupuncturist. <clears throat> and that whole journey taught me a great deal um, I was already a medical intuitive, so when I got into acupuncture school, um, the teachers, you know, when I got into clinic, didn't pay much attention to me because <laughs> I would come and I'd have a good, great diagnosis. Most people have trouble with diagnosis, but you talk to me for five minutes, I can tell you what's going on. Wow. Oh. And um, so I did a two-year... have a lot of calls after this video. <laughs> <laughs> well... I did a two-year externship with a, a doctor, uh, a, a Chinese medical doctor, Chandler, after that, um, because I felt I needed more one-on-one -on -one attention, and I got it, and she, 
Chandler, I'm so sorry. He, uh, she, I, she would watch me, and I, I got so much direction. That was really cool. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, so then I opened my practice, and I did that for over a decade, and then COVID hit. My roof leaked, and I fell and broke both ankles in my right leg. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was in the hospital for four days, I think, and then in rehab for three weeks. Then I'm in a wheelchair and um, I just was running out of money. And so I had to shut down my office. And in the middle of all that, I'm barely able to walk. I get a message from the divine. You have to sell everything immediately and move to Cottonwood. Cottonwood. Little sell everything with 12,000 people. Never mind the fact you can't walk yet. <laughs> you know, the, you know, I'm hobbling around and I'm supposed to pack everything and move. And But I've learned, well, I had been told two years earlier that I would be moving to Cottonwood and I had to move by April 30th of 2022. Hmm. Um, I now get specific dates. I've always been prophetic, but I didn't always get dates. Now I, I get actual dates. And so I planned to move in 2021 anyway, but I didn't know where Cottonwood was at the time. So I got my friends together and we drove up to Cottonwood and I fell in love with it. So I had planned to move in 2021 anyway. So it's July of 2020, COVID shut down. I'm going, how on earth am I going to sell my house? I can't even walk. Um, but I went online. It turns out Zillow will buy your house and resell it. So all I had to do was pack and move out. <laughs> I didn't have to clean it. I didn't have to do anything. Really? They, they paid me for the house. Now they, you know, they paid me less than market value. Uh -huh. But how many months? I talked to a couple of realtors. It was going to take several months before the house would sell. And I would have two dogs to deal with, have to show the house. I'm hardly able to walk. Friends were coming over cooking for me because I couldn't stand for any length of time. Mm. <clears throat> you don't sell a house and move under those conditions. But I thought, okay, I'm told to move. I'm going to do this. Zillow sold, bought the house. I moved out. I moved in with a friend in Cottonwood who's a naturopathic doctor. And while I was there, um, I found my house, bought it, moved in. I've lived here for over a year now. It's a, it's a community of 12,000 people. There are very few houses or developments, right? There's only one that looks like the one I moved into. Only one. Wow. In the last year, not one house has come available for sale. Mm. I had planned to move in 2021. If I had waited, I wouldn't have a house. Huh. I, who knows? I probably wouldn't even be in Cottonwood. I'd probably have ended up in Prescott or someplace. But um, it just all worked out. And then I just said, what am I going to do? And I was told, start an online business. And the people that I needed to learn from how to do that just came into my life. And the next thing I know, I've got this academy. And I, I held a summit last year. <laughs> you know, the first year I'm, I'd been in business like three months. And I already held a summit with 12 speakers. I my next summit, I want to have 24 speakers. Um, you know, I've got my classes put together and everything in this past year. Amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> and all from following your divine guidance. 
all of them and things showing and up everything you need was provided for you so i became passionate in in the 90 early 90s of sharing how to meditate because that's what changed my life mm -hmm. and why you need to meditate uh why you need to meditate on a regular basis you can't just you know i'm going to do 10 minutes once in a while no that doesn't count um <clears throat> it's better than nothing but that's not what's going to really develop you spiritually mm -hmm. and so um there's so many different ways to meditate so my book originally the first edition was written in uh, 1999 and it was the workbook i created for the classes i was teaching and i self-published it so instead of uh, when i taught the classes i would have handouts and i like to bind my handouts and i'm going why don't you just make it a book i didn't know how to write a book i had a friend that was an author and a publisher so she said here's how you write a book she got me the copyright information and she you know so i had a copyright she sent it into the library of congress so even though it was self-published i printed it myself i bound it myself <laughs> i did everything myself it was still a regular book in the library of congress so i traveled around the country i i created a, a dancing bear way online site i had customers all over the world they would call me for readings and what have you, and I'd travel around the country at events and I'd, you know, have a booth. And then I went to medical school. <clears throat> and so then I was an acupuncturist and I still taught, but it was people that knew me, uh, patients and what have you, so I always did it live. So doing this online, um, when I when I had my online business before, it was all over the phone. There was no Zoom, <laughs> there was no... Uh, online payments people gave me their credit card over the phone I had to write it down you know <laughs> now it's much easier to do a business online yes and reach uh, more people but but I just really am passionate about helping people to meditate and when I put together my first online class I contacted people and said what do you really need to know what do you want to know and they said well I, I want the kind of life that I want. People call it their dream life. I, I'm kind of tired of using that phrase because I think it's overused. What is a dream life? You know, everybody has a different opinion. And um, they said, well, we, we have obstacles to overcome. So I meditated. One of the spirit beings I work with is Archangel Metatron. And I said, I need help. I, I need to uh, have a better understanding of what people need. And boom. I'm, I'm writing furiously. I can hardly keep up with what I'm coming through. And he gave me five common barriers that people need to work on. And then in my book that I republished in 2019, the original book, it's based on four elements. And in a few years ago, science, and I'm basically a scientist, discovered the fifth element. It really does exist. Mm. And that's ether. People talk about ether all the time now. Ether is spelled with an A, and I didn't realize that when I wrote the book, so I spelled it with an E. <laughs> oh, I never saw it written with an A before, actually. Yeah, it's A-E-T-H-E-R. Oh, okay. Spelling. Most people go E-T-H-E-R or something uh -huh. like that. The other ether is a gas, and we're not talking about that. Right. And um, so I republished it with the fifth element. Well, I took these five things from Metatron and then I looked at my book and I went, holy cow, they lined up. <laughs> I 
So the five elements are categories of types of meditation. Okay. Like, like you can have mantra meditation, or you can have a moving meditation or a standing meditation. Those are my favorite. Or there's prayers or, you know, yeah, people that can't sit still, you need a moving meditation. Yes, absolutely. So um, th those are also good for monkey mind. Mm -hmm. You just can't settle your mind. Do a moving meditation. Get out of your head. Um, so I went, oh, isn't that interesting? They fit together. <laughs> So I created a paper on the five things that Metatron gave me. And then my six-week program is based on those five types of meditations and the five obstacles, which one to use. And we practice using them so that people are comfortable with each style. So like maybe your primary style is moving meditation, but maybe something happens and you just can't do it. Mm -hmm. Or you need to do something right now. You just need help and doing getting up and doing Tai Chi or whatever isn't going to work. So it helps to know that there's other styles that you can use and how to use them. Yes. So that's what that class is for. If you're not doing that, you're not going to advance spiritually. And I know where you can go because I went from zero to ten. <laughs> you know, in a couple of years. Yeah. And I'm not special. Everybody here can do this. So if I can get you past that first thing, then the next thing is what are the advanced things that you can do? And I've been in four mystery schools. I just finished about six years um, in my fourth one. It was a very long program. The first year of that program, you do the same thing over and over again. It's kind of like... Um, that movie, I, I should find out the name of the movie. It was about the, oh, the Karate Kid was the name of it. Oh, yeah. Wax on, wax off, wax yes, on, wax yes. off. Well, the first year of this, medic, of this uh, mystery school, you're doing the same exercises over and over and over and over. That's wax on, wax off. The whole time I'm going, hmm. And at the end of that time, you do a special ritual. And you have to ask yourself, are you ready to go to the next level? Hmm. And... Uh, I did the ritual, which was unbelievable. It was a meditate. It was scrying. I'd never done scrying before. And it was just an unbelievable experience. I thought, yeah, I want to keep going. Can and you share the, a little bit about what scrying is just for those who might not know? Oh, okay. We, uh, we have, you get, there's many ways to scry. Mm -hmm. In this particular exercise, we used a black mirror. Yes. If you study Nostradamus, he used a bowl of water and the Egyptians used a big, a big thing of water. If you saw um, Harry Harry Potter, in in a couple of the Harry Potter episodes, there was that bowl of water, and they put something in it, and then they'd look in the water. That's scrying. Okay. And you can look into the past, you can look into the future, or you can look in three D elsewhere. It's what shamans do. I mean, we we can look in the past, we can look in the future, we can talk to anything. We we can look now. Um, uh, that's a whole nother story. You can remind me later if you want to know more about that. I won't distract us from where we are. Um, but we used a black mirror in a, in a darkened room with a couple of candles. We lit some incense, very specific incense, and we had some specific wax we were given to burn. And um, I won't go into all the details, but 
there was this swirling green and then I could see there was a man in the front and some people behind him. The people behind him didn't say anything, but the man in the front started talking to me and he knew who I was and what I was about and told me I was on the right path and what to do and yada, yada, yada. And I went, okay. Now, <clears throat> I had never pursued scrying myself because I've been able to see through the veil since I was a kid. Mm. I was raised Southern Baptist. Well, you don't go around telling people, did you know there's people over here watching us <laughs> you know <laughs> you don't do that then know your audience <laughs> right? you'll people out a little bit first <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I just said okay and you know I could see through things as a little teeny kid I used to roller skate on a on a the cement uh, patio and that's when I first noticed this that I could see through the patio and I went Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to tell anybody I can see through the patio. And I could feel earth changes. I would know that there was an earthquake. I knew some, and when I looked at solid things, they didn't look solid to me. Yeah. They, they were vibrating and moving and they didn't, and who do you tell? You know, if I'd had spiritual parents who, you know, figured out that Beverly is not like the rest of us, <laughs> we need to talk to her. <laughs> And I had to turn it all off. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't deal with it because I had a very abusive environment. It turns out I'm an empath. And um, what do you call it? People who can talk to the dead. Um, mediums. Mediums. I never thought about it. And I was listening to this woman the other day. And, oh, I'm a medium because I talk to the dead. They come to me. When my father died, he was next to me in the car. And I'm going, oh, 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 my God. And I knew he just died. I almost drove off the road. So upset. And um, I've had friends, relatives who have died come to me and say, please give them a message. Um, and I went, oh, that's what a medium does. Yeah, I've been a medium a long time. So all so, of this training and education that you'd gone through and this development and all the healing practices really just brought out your innate gifts and then later the permission to be able to use them and find your people to be able to share it with. And it gave me the language of how to talk about it. Yes. When you're not, when you're in an environment where nobody talks about it, what do you say? Yeah. And that's why I like Buddhism. I'm not a Buddhist, but I like Buddhism because they have a vocabulary for what you go through. They have names of the initiations that you go through. In my advanced program, I take people through the first four initiations um, the people who have been through it now want the next three initiations. So I'm going to have to think about putting that together for people. But um, <clears throat> most people have been through the first four initiations, but everything is a spiral. And you keep going through them over and over at just different levels. Mm -hmm. and, um, once you understand you're going through that, you can go, oh, this is why this is happening. Oh, this is why. The first time I met the dweller on the threshold, I was emotionally, oh my God. And luckily I knew this marvelous nun and I called her up and said, I don't know what's going on. She was a Buddhist nun and she says, oh, you just met the dweller on the threshold and this is what you need to do. And I went, oh, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, unfortunately, I've met him several times now <laughs> or fortunately, but there's a, there's a transition and process that we go through on the spiritual path. And it doesn't matter what belief system you have. It doesn't matter what religion you have. You don't have to change your religion. You don't have to change your belief system. We all go through it. 
And uh, it's just part of normal spiritual development. Mm. So I don't have to get people to change their belief system or their religion. They like I even had a Muslim go through my program and they don't believe in reincarnation. Mm. But I do past life regression, which I learned as a hypnotherapist. And um, whether you believe in past lives or not, the exercises help you. And they help you with that emotional stuff that sometimes we don't even know we have. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that happened to me is I wanted to know why on earth I incarnated with a mother I had. She never wanted kids. She ignored her kids. I'm 12 years older than my brother. When he was born, she didn't. She wouldn't touch him. I took care of my brother. He calls me his second mother. Mm. And um, so it's like, why on earth did I incarnate with this kind of a mother? Well, I'd been with her before. And I did something in that life. And she hated children after that. Mm. Well, it wasn't my fault, and yet it was what I did. So, you know, you can't place blame on anybody. It's just the events happened. And then I understood her. Well, now she's back and I know who she is and she's moved past it. So she learned that lesson. And she's actually my grandniece and everybody that knows us knows. Yeah, that was your mother. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, and if you don't believe in reincarnation, that's okay. It doesn't matter. You oh, can I do. Exercise. I do. You can mm -hmm. still learn. So I don't force people into a mold. I adapt the language that works for them. So sure. if they're in class and they say, I don't believe in that, I give them alternatives. Alternative ways of expressing it, alternative ways that fit their belief system. Yeah. Because I think that's also important. And I think it's important because I used to not think it was important. <laughs> <laughs> And one day in my I have these lucid dreams and beings come to me in my dreams <laughs> and in comes this bearded guy that is your stereotype God. <laughs> and he said, never badmouth any religion or belief. He said that each person incarnates as a soul into a specific process for them to learn. Mm -hmm. And that if enough people believe there is a bearded guy on a throne, there is a bearded guy on the throne because we manifest this reality. Hmm. And he's right. Everything about this reality we manifest. If you believe there's an Allah, there is an Allah. If you believe there's an, a God on a throne, there is a God on a throne and he exists for you. And, um, you know, and then if you don't believe it, if you're an atheist, it doesn't make you a bad person. Now, there are atheists out there that do really terrible things, but there are atheists out there that don't do terrible things. So we have to just let go of all judgments and just accept people as they are. And I think that's a lesson that humanity could learn right now with all the separation and divisiveness going on. Um, it's just, it's not cool what's happening today. So I want to help more and more people find that connection so that they can know they're not alone. There is always hope. Um, things are never as bad as they seem. I mean, I went from literally crippled and needing a second surgery so I could walk normally. It took me over a year to really recover. I was, uh, two days ago, actually able to climb a ladder for the first time. Oh, wow. Almost two years. <laughs> Almost two years. 
Yeah, it takes a long time to recover from a broken bone, yeah. um, especially when it's your ankle. Um, so, you know, it, you can recover. And in, in the midst of all of that, <laughs> you can still grow. You can still accomplish things. Um, when I fell, I was screaming. It, it was very painful. Mm. Then I rolled over on my back and started laughing and said, thank you, God. Because I realized I was so exhausted for everything I did in 2019. I won't even go into everything I did. Um, I was just very busy, very, very productive. And at the end of the year and the first couple of months of 2020, I'm walking around the house going, I need a break. I need a break. <laughs> so God broke my ankle. And that kind of break. Yeah. <laughs> break I meant what you wish for yeah. <laughs> but that's how powerful we are at manifesting yes and and I got my break and not only did I get my break I got a whole new direction in my life yes you know I live somewhere else I've got a whole nother business and um yeah so I got my break because now that I'm working online I don't have to work as hard yes it's much easier to you know just I'm I'm online a lot making Zoom calls with people. Yes. <laughs> you know? um, but to me, that's not work. That's, mm -hmm. you know, that's connecting with people and having fun. And I mean, this to me isn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so you're online. Obviously, you can connect with people all around the world. How can people connect with you? How do they get in touch with you? And, and what can you offer them when they do? Well, they can go to uh, drbeverlylawrence.com is my website. And it has links to all my other businesses and everything else and talks about what they do and what you can, what you can do. I, I have a, you should have a link for a free gift. Um, yes. Tell us about that. What are you offering? Well, uh, I decided to get a PhD and I, I got it in metaphysical science. And um, I do acupuncture. I do color puncture, which uses colored light. So I do colored light healing. Uh -huh. And I'm, I'm a, a, I use tuning forks. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, a acutonics practitioner. So I went through almost their entire program. Um, I think I needed one, two electives and a, doc, and a thesis. And I, I could actually be a certified teacher. I didn't go that far with it. I learned enough. But using the tuning forks, using color puncture, doing acupuncture, doing herbs, everything, it's very labor intensive. Mm -hmm. People only have so much money and they're only willing to do so much. And I combine all of this stuff. And I thought, <clears throat> I want to do a research, because I'm a researcher at heart anyway, how do I combine light and sound with acupuncture? How do I even combine light and sound? There's a lot of people I follow that do light healing and a lot of people that do sound healing. But how do I combine the two? And then how do I apply that to acupuncture? Well, they said, well, you need to also get another bachelor's and another master's. So, so oh, I ended up I've got two associates, two bachelor's, three masters, and a PhD. Wow, wow, wow. So, I'm a I'm a lifetime learner, but the dissertation was um, how to how to do just that. How do I combine that? So I did a lot of research, read hundreds of books, and um, found out that 
sound and light are the same thing. They're measured differently. Mm -hmm. Light is just 80 octaves higher than sound. And sound is based on the notes of the piano, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Well, how did those piano notes come about? Well, this um, uh, Italian guy, what was his name? Gio, Gio something, I forgot his name. He did some research and he found out that Plato had discovered from the Egyptians the solfeggio frequencies. Mm. And um, so I, I put that together and went, oh, so I need to use the right solfeggio frequency. And in the meantime, reading all of these books, I found out every part of your body has a different vibration. You know, they say, oh, the body has one vibration. No, it doesn't. They say that um, Reiki is the chi, the energy of the body. No, it's only one energy of the body. You know, in acupuncture, you learn about Gucci and Wei Chi and all these different chis. And the body has many different vibrations. Uh, one chiropractor that I found her book, she had measured every single vertebrae in the body and every single vertebrae has its own vibration. Oh, interesting. So I thought, okay, so now I know what vibration do I need to use? And some of this I got from my mystery school because that mystery school we talked about, they had the whole last year is all about healing and frequencies and all kinds of stuff. So I, I pulled a lot of information from them and from a, a lot of other sources about frequencies in the body and how do you heal and there's complementary vibrations and then there's the opposite so in chinese medicine we have the notion of um are, is the person deficient or do they have an excess mm -hmm. so a deficient means well like when you get older you start your body starts going downhill or you um maybe you get sick and you're pale you know you've got anemia or something that's a deficiency or you have like pain, pain is an excess. Um, so there's deficiency and there's excess. So if you have a deficiency, you wanna add to it. So whatever that vibration is that's missing, you wanna add that vibration in. Mm. But if it's an excess, you have too much of that vibration or you have a blockage. So you need to clear the blockage and reduce that excess vibration and you do it with a complement. So you'll use complementary colors if you're using light or a complementary frequency with sound. And so I put all of that together and then through my own clinical experience and through um, the Acutonics folks produced a book that's like this big. It's like over, it's probably a foot wide and I don't know, 18 inches high and about four inches thick. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and all these case studies. Ooh. And they use a lot of acupuncture. And I went through and I looked for case studies that were well-written. Some people don't know how to write a case study. If you have a case study, you have to have results. So after you do the treatment, what were the results? So if, if they didn't have any results, that case study got thrown out. Yeah. So it had to be a case study where they got results. And, okay, the results were anecdotal because... It was the person reporting, I feel better, or, you know, the pain's gone or whatever. I consider that anecdotal mm -hmm. rather than something measurable. Um, but I have my own clinical experience and I measure. I'm, I'm a scientist. I measure everything. <laughs> so I measure things and I record the measurements. So I knew which protocols and which points 
were were really good for certain conditions. Uh huh. And then I added the sound frequency and the light frequency, and it's like playing a chord. So you can play, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star, one note at a time, you know, on a little teeny child's keyboard. I had one of those. Or, yeah, we all did. <laughs> or you can play, you know, Mozart's concerto on a piano. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to do was come up with, the, you know, all the chords and the melody and the harmonics that when you play, that resonance heals that person, whatever mm -hmm. that is. Mm -hmm. So that's why I did my PhD, and that's the research that I did. Wow. Um, <laughs> and then I had to shut down my business the next year. Oh but because of that PhD, I was able to be a primary investigator on a, uh, a research project with live human beings. <laughs> it's called ERB. And I did that in 2019. So my specialty is um, uh, neuropathy. Okay. People uh, are getting neuropathy and doing nothing about it because Western medicine doesn't know what to do with it. They wait until you have sores that don't heal, and then they try to heal your sores, and the medications they give you make your neuropathy worse. So that was my specialty because my father lost both of his feet to neuropathy. Oh, dear. Most, most neuropathies either, well, probably... According to statistics I've seen, 80% of neuropathy is diabetic. In my research product uh, project, only 60% of my uh, patients were diabetic. Hmm. So people are getting neuropathy from more than just diabetes. Uh, one of the next common causes is certain kinds of chemo-caused neuropathy. Oh. And certain medications that people are given cause neuropathy. Edema can cause neuropathy. So there's many ways you can develop neuropathy. And people get it in their hands and feet. And that's why when they get to be 70, late 70s, early 80s, they need walkers and canes and all kinds of things because they're not stable on their feet. So that's my specialty. So I did this research project, um, which was pretty exciting. <laughs> So when people contact you now, what are they contacting you about? What are, are you offering them a consultation? Well, what I can do is, um, yeah, if they go through the Dancing Mirror Healing Center, I do consultations. And what I'm doing online is people can uh, use essential oils and a cotton ball, and I show them where on their body. And with a needle, I need to be precise when I needle. Yeah. But when you're activating a point, you can just get the general area. So you don't have to, I can just show you it's this area. And, you right. know, as long as you do that whole area, you've got it. And use the essential oil. Yeah. So I can help people heal that way. I don't prescribe herbs unless I've seen them as a patient. Mm -hmm. Because I need to do a tongue and pulse diagnosis. And I only do that in Arizona. Okay. So, um my current patients i still do herbs with but if you're not uh in arizona then it would just be acupressure and essential oils um, for the um dancing bear academy uh people can do consultations do you need a shamanic healing do you need an energy healing now i have a couple of free events coming up 
Um, I used to charge for my meditation group because I went through Meetup and they charge me. And now I'm, I've discontinued Meetup. And so I have uh, the 23rd of December and the 30th of December. I have two free meditations people can sign up for. Um, <clears throat> Wonderful. And we'll put that link in, in the, under okay. the video as well. Yeah. So, um, and, or they can just take the classes and that's okay. that. So they can, they can hire me as their spiritual coach. I'm a certified spiritual coach. I'm a spiritual counselor. I've been a certified spiritual counselor since the nineties through Doreen virtue when she was doing that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, or a shamanic, you know, it just depends on what people need. Um, okay. and, uh, and then, yeah, we don't need to talk about the rest. Okay, yeah. <laughs> or they can sign up for any of the classes. It's such a breadth of what you can offer. And so I strongly encourage anyone who's been fascinated by any aspect of Dr. Beverly Lawrence's work to contact her and discuss what might be the best fit for you. And we'll have all the links to do so at the bottom of this video. Do you have any parting words for us, Dr. Lawrence? I, I do offer a free 15-minute consultation. I okay. I think I gave you that link. If not, I'll give it to you. Um, because sometimes people don't know what's best or what they need. Exactly. And so they can talk to me. And uh, if I think I can help you, I'll tell you. And if I think I can't help you, I will also tell you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you so very much for that. And, and so I, I just tell people, be the light you want to see in the world. Be the light you want to see in the world. Yes. That's a beautiful message. And you're a beautiful person and a very wise woman. So thank you so much <laughs> for offering all that you did with us today. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And goodbye, everyone. We'll see you again next week Bye. on Wise Women Wednesdays.